Hello and welcome to African Jeopardy. My name is Ife and I'm recording from Creole in Scotland. Today, my colleague, Dr. Bel Habib, is unable to join us because of the time difference. However, we have an amazing guest all the way from Mozambique to join us today to speak about the impact and trends of illegal, unreported and unregulated fishing in the Southwest Indian Ocean. Mr. Vincente Govino Koza was born in Mozambique, Maputo, precisely. He holds a master's degree in maritime education and training from the university, from the World Maritime University in Malmo, um, Sweden. While studying there, he benefited from different visits to workshop facilities across Europe and also training in ocean governance and sustainable fisheries from the World Marit um, from the Australian National University in Canberra, Australia. He has served as an intelligent officer at the Ministry of Sea, Inland Waters and Fisheries in Mozambique. He also worked as the head of the Department for Planning and Control for Fisheries and Surveillance and Monitoring Control and Surveillance. And he's also a Monitoring Control and Surveillance expert for the Interim Project Management Unit, IPMU for the establishment of regional coordination center, which will be based in Mozambique. He has also been a professor at the Nautical Institute since 2008. He brings about 10 years of experience in fisheries on monitoring control and surveillance, both at the national and regional levels in the Southwest Indian Ocean. He is currently working with the Worldwide Fund for Nature and focuses on the processes for the establishment of the SADC. This is the, um, the surveillance center, the, surveillance, the monitoring control and surveillance coordination center, which is going to be based in Mozambique, which is SADC-MCSCC. I mean, you would agree with me that we don't have anyone more appropriate to speak to us on this topic than Mr. Vincente. So thank you so much, Mr. Vincente, for honoring our invitation. So thank you so much, uh, Ife, for this uh, invitation uh, to talk about uh, a very important uh, subject, uh, which is uh, trends of uh, IUU fishing in the southern, um, in the Western Indian uh, Ocean. So, so to say, uh, as we know, um, illegal fishing is a global pro problem, and uh, we are talking now about uh, 23 billion. Um, um, loss uh, in the world and in the region, I'm talking about Southwest Indian Ocean, I'm talking about uh, 11 billion in the region, and particularly uh, 59 million uh, loss due to uh, this problem, are you fishing uh, in Mozambique? So, um, well, um, we have um, uh, types of uh, infractions, uh, for example, uh, here in Mozambique uh, and in the area, which are mainly uh, fishing without <coughs> license, um, you know, fishing yeah without uh, authorization, uh, mainly this we call uh, poaching, you know, and um, yeah, uh, this is associated with uh, use also of prohibited uh, gears and uh, as well as uh, fishing in uh, protected uh, areas. So <clears throat> this is uh, 
really uh, a huge problem in this uh, area, particularly in Mozambique, um, where we have, uh, let's say, weak institutions uh, to fight illegal fishing. And uh, one of the huge problems uh, we are having uh, in the, in the uh, area uh, is uh, trends on um, distant uh, water fishing nations. So we are seeing more and more uh, huge uh, vessels, you know, uh, coming in um, to fish in this area. Uh, mainly they are targeting uh, tuna and uh, the gears they use, uh, really they are not uh, um, appropriate uh, uh, to catch uh, uh, tuna due to the problems on, uh, or I can say uh, difficult on uh, uh, adjusting, you know, uh, for the proper uh, uh, gear. What happened is that uh, these vessels come, they come from, you know, abroad from other jurisdiction yeah. carrying uh, one type of uh, a gear. So when they get to this, to this region, uh, many of them, they do not adjust uh, to, to target uh, tuna. Mm. Uh, some of them, um, they are coming with the bottle and trolling, uh, which were, you know, uh, banned from other areas like Somalia, mm. you know, and uh, they move to us and they, they, they just continue you know, um, using those gears. So this makes problems. As we know, button trolling is um, really, you know, um, problematic uh, gear. Yeah. So this has impacts, uh, you know, on the environment, you know, so impacts on the um, cycle, you know, of uh, reproduction of the species. And also it brings uh, as well a social uh, impacts. So nowadays, uh, fishermen are claiming that uh, well, they are not catching uh, fish as uh, they 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 used to be uh, due to these um, uh, problems. And um, yeah, for example, Mozambique is one of those countries that have ratified uh, a lot of uh, instru instruments to fight illegal uh, fishing. So, so yeah. to say. Uh, we are part of the posted measures. Uh, we are part of uh, uh, the protocol of SADC on fishers, and um, we are signat signatures of uh, uh, IOTC. Um, yeah, so uh, I can say that, um, um, yeah, we, we, we have um, uh, a strong legislation, you know, and um, yeah. We are following and we are complying with uh, all these uh, uh, regional uh, organizations uh, so to fight uh, IUU fishing. But still, uh, a lot of challenges. Uh, uh, we lack, we lack, or we have a weak uh, coordination uh, among um, maritime institutions. Uh, so this is really uh, important. Uh, so to for the sustainability and the rationalization of, of funds when it comes to uh, fight uh, illegal fishing. So 
there should be a strong collaboration uh, among these institutions at the national level, but uh, yeah, as well as at uh, at uh, uh, regional uh, level. Um, yeah, we are also part of uh, a platform or a plan for uh, surveillance uh, at the region, so we conduct bilateral and um, joint patrols uh, with the countries in the area. So to say uh, it has uh, a good impact, you know, uh, because uh, these vessels, as I said before, they they fish in uh, many uh, jurisdictions. And um, yeah, it's important to, to, to know what they, they what kind of operation they conduct when they are uh, operating at other uh, uh, jurisdictions. And um, we are also uh, operationalizing um, a system, AIS system, yeah. uh, which uh, will be, uh, let's say, uh, a core platform for the future MCS uh, CC, which will be based in Mozambique. So this uh, will be a regional, SADC regional MCS uh, center. Um, where we'll be uh, monitoring. Uh, this is something that uh, is already happening, although uh, we still lack of uh, uh, signatures for this to enter into force, but uh, okay. at the interim, interim uh, level, uh, we are already um, implementing uh, this platform. And uh, it's important to mention that um, uh, we have uh, a kind of a scheme uh, on this uh, platform where uh, countries or members, they share their um, license lists. Uh, so this is really uh, important uh, for us to cross-check uh, information uh, on vessels operating in uh, many jurisdictions uh, in the region and particularly uh, in Mozambique. And um, this enable or facilitate the process of due diligence um, for vessels of interest. And uh, yeah, uh, we lack now of uh, two signatures uh, for this um, uh, center, let's say, to enter into force. Um, yeah, so to say uh, this is uh, um, um, a global uh, a problem as I may, I have mentioned, um, there is a lot of uh, uh, money that uh, um, we lose, particularly uh, in Mozambique. Uh, as I said, we are talking about 59 uh, million uh, US uh, dollars. But uh, also I have to mention that uh, we have also these challenges, uh, not only at uh, industrial, you know, uh, fishers, but as well as uh, artisanal uh, fishers. And uh, this is important to mention that uh, just in Mozambique, uh, we have uh, almost 90% of the production comes from um, uh, artisanal uh, fishers. Uh, <clears throat> so this is an area where we need to put a lot of uh, efforts also, uh, considering that uh, a lot of uh, population, I can say, let's say 80% of uh, uh, the population uh, lives 
along the coast and uh, livelihood uh, used to be, you know, fishers. Uh... Okay. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I have I've taken in a lot whilst you were talking, um, not only about, you know, the trends of are you fishing in Mozambique or in the mm -hmm. South West Indian Ocean, but also the economic cost. You, you also somehow touched on some of the other impacts on local fishers. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear about the legislations and other things that your country, that Mozambique and also adjoining countries are doing to improve the situation. But then I also have some questions and I, I mean, I, I would like to sort of pick up from some of the things you said before we go to looking at the impact. And one of those questions then is based on what you said, it, it seems clear that obviously a lot of the things that happen could be a case of outright illegal fishing or maybe unreported, but not so much of the unregulated. But what I would want to know from, from, I mean, based on this now then is whether in Mozambique you get a case of illegal fishing. When I say illegal fishing, I mean vessels that do not have authorization to fish in Mozambique at all. So we're not talking about those that might have authorization and then encroach in areas reserved for artisanal. But these are vessels that do not have any business being there in the first place. Do you have that happening in Mozambique? Yeah, uh, we had uh, some cases, um, yeah, of uh, some vessels, but it wasn't clear if they were fishing or not. I think it was in 2017, 2018, we had a vessel called uh, STS-50. Um, she just entered in uh, our waters without authorization. And, um, uh, you know, a joint team was uh, deployed to the scene to find out what was uh, happening. And, um, yeah, inspections were conducted and uh, we did not really uh, find, uh, let's say, uh, strong links uh, with the fishing, although the vessel had uh, some uh, quantities of a very few quantity uh, of fish and um, yeah um, that was a process that took uh, kind of a 15 days uh, two weeks and uh, yeah we did not understand why all of a sudden the vessel have absconded from our waters during the evening um. and um, yeah we have um, um, collaborated with the uh, uh, um, IMCS, uh, International uh, Monitoring, Controlling and Surveillance Network. And um, yeah, uh, the vessel was followed uh, until it was, um, uh, she was uh, seized in um, uh, Indonesia. Uh, by that time, Interpol also was uh, involved and um, they decided to call up uh, uh, call on uh, a meeting for um, all the representatives of the countries of, of all the countries uh, where the vessel have been, you know, uh, 
operating or have been uh, passed uh, through um, to discuss um, what will be the the finalization of the case. Um, yeah, so we had this meeting uh, in Indonesia, and um, yeah, apparently uh, the vessel have to 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 pay a fine, uh, which uh, I really don't remember the figure, and um, yeah. Um, that was um, the, the the end of uh, of the case. Um, yeah. So we used to have uh, those uh, kind of uh, uh, incidents. Uh, just uh, uh, an example, another example. We used to have a, a vessel, um, um, a patrol vessel uh, here in Mozambique. Uh, that was uh, before any legal uh, vessel, you know. So she was uh, seized and transformed uh, into a patrol uh, vessel. Ah, so okay. this is uh, one of very interesting uh, cases that uh, we, we had in the history of, uh, you know, um, patrols and uh, law enforcement uh, in Mozambique. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I mean, it's interesting to hear. And I, I think I like the idea of seizing and then converting as a patrol yeah. vessel. So rather than destroying the vessel, if no, we're talking no, about like we, we are not like Indonesians. Exactly. <laughs> okay, no, no, absolutely. I, I like it because obviously the challenges you have in the coast of Mozambique is also a lot of a challenges so many coastal states across Africa have. And perhaps there is a positive lesson to to learn here, mm -hmm. converting yeah. potential um, vessels as um, to a patrol vessel. So now I want to, obviously, I know that we're running out of time soon, but I'd like to hear a bit more about the impact of this. Obviously, we know that IU fishing worsens, you know, or undermines fishery sustainability, but at the same time, there are obviously other factors that are already working against sustainability of fisheries, pollution, climate change, and everything mm -hmm. else. But I mm -hmm. want to hear from you, given your proximity to these issues, and given that you talk about artisanal fishers saying that IU fishing undermines their livelihood, what are some of the impact, do you think, of IU fishing on coastal livelihood, especially if you take into account that 90% of fisheries production in Mozambique is by artisanal fishers. And as you noted, 80% of the population live in the coastal areas. What are the impacts, do you think? Yeah, one of the biggest uh, impacts uh, I've seen is that uh, yeah, fishermen have, uh, you know, they've been complained that they're not catching uh, enough fish. And uh, yeah, this is uh, the source of, uh, you know, income uh, for them. And, um, yeah, this brings uh, uh, um, other problems, uh, like, you know, uh, if the government is not securing uh, livelihood or some alternative livelihood, uh, so to say, um, yeah, this brings uh, a lot of problems. But um, um, there are uh, some initiatives that government uh, used to... Uh, provide land you know for the fishermen for the uh, closed season so that they can um, grow some crops uh, in order to you know um, for kind of a, you know, a livelihood while uh, it's a closing season and uh, yeah 
um, they provide uh, food into some some uh, extent, uh, which is uh, really uh, uh, you know uh, <clears throat> a valuable you know initiative. But uh, yeah, as um, we know, if people don't have uh, a fish as a, a main source of income, and um, there is no uh, provisions. Uh, example those uh, i have mentioned uh-huh. um it creates a lot of uh, problems uh, people fishermen not only fishermen people uh you know they start to to steal um you know uh, ladies uh, they can you know uh, sell themselves or you know prostitution or things like that uh so to have a Kind of uh, something for their uh, sustainability or uh, incomes, so it brings you know uh, uh, a lot uh, of uh, uh, social uh, problems. Um, so what I think is that uh, there should be a strong uh, programs uh, to help these people when it's a, a closure, you know, um, season, and. Um, Another thing I can point out, uh, linked to this uh, um, artisanal, you know, uh, fishermen, is that uh, because they don't have uh, a strong, um, how can I say, a source or stable source of incomes, mm-hmm. um, they work at uh, sort of uh, companies of. Uh, um, People owning uh, vessels and uh, illegal gears. Ah. You know, so these people work for people owning illegal gears, and uh, yeah, into some extent, um, um, they practice uh, illegal fishing. And this is something that, uh, in some areas, uh, the government some author government authorities they are uh-huh. aware of that but uh, it becomes a kind of a difficult uh, issue to to deal with and to find uh, solutions and when you ask those people those people um yeah you are using this uh, this is uh, an illegal gear you know the impacts uh, by using this they said, uh, yes, well, we know, we recognize that, but we don't have another source of income. We don't have uh, um, another source of livelihood. So we have to work for these people to have, you know, something to eat. So this is really, you know, very, very serious uh, problems. And it brings um, all these uh, social uh, impacts uh, in the in the country, particularly in Mozambique. Okay. Well, thank you so much for articulating that really well. And it's 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 actually it's fascinating to hear. And I have another question, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to t- maybe tell us what about the women? Because obviously you say fishermen, and we know majority of the people that do the fishing it's <laughs> are men. But we also want to hear about the women. I mean, how do they make ends meet in the fisheries value chain, and how are they impacted? 
and how are they responding to the, to the challenges? Obviously, you gave us an example of selling sex, which obviously it's a shame, but you know, as you noted, people have to make ends meet somewhere, somehow. But I just wanted to hear a bit more about the contribution of women in the artisanal sector, how they are impacted by IE fishing and how they are responding. Yeah, well, as I said, it's a, it's a huge uh, challenge. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a strong um, uh, kind of uh, uh, what you call this uh, processing uh, plant. Uh, I can say we don't have uh, the artisanal. We have that, but, you know, people people do that like you know manually you know it's not like a, a kind of a, a huge uh, processing you know plant but uh, yeah people people uh, women uh, particularly they uh, they get fish to sell but uh, also they process it by drying it they just dry it and yeah. Yeah, they dry it and um, yeah, they store uh, so that uh, when it comes to the closing season, yeah, they can sell it and as well they can um, yeah they can use that uh, for food and um, yeah, some of them they shift to uh, new activities uh, like uh, selling other uh, kind of crops. Uh, as I said, they they used to have some portion of land so that uh, they can grow some crops and uh, sell those crops and uh, uh, have that uh, as a source of income. Uh, so that is um, one of the trends or what it used to be um, always uh, when it comes to, um, yeah, when it comes to, 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 to women. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, we, we, we have also some uh, women uh, directly involved in the, you know, uh, operations of, of fishing. It's huh. not just fishermen, as I said, <laughs> although it's a very small, um, you know, percentage, but uh, still we, we have. And um, yeah, uh, in some areas, uh, there are, uh, some, um, how can I say, uh, species like, um, yeah, that, that can be collected, you know, from the sea. Yeah. And, um, yeah, when it's a closing season for fish, for example, or, or for shrimp, so they start to target uh, all uh, species that can be, you know, uh, caught uh, on the bottom of the sea in areas where, there is no uh, enough uh, water, like, uh, yeah, there are crabs, some crabs, yeah. you know, yeah. So they shift to those uh, as a source of, uh, of, of income. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, thank you so much. I, um, I've really learned so much from listening to you. I have two more questions and then I'll let you be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the one before the last is you know you mentioned i know i know he's bear with me um you mentioned close season a lot obviously close season um i wondered if you can tell us a bit more about it when was it introduced and who is observing the close season 
Well, uh, now we had uh, our um, um, fisheries law um, updated. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, um, it was updated in uh, 2013. Uh, yeah. So to say, the on the previous one, um, uh, I think uh, that was uh, from the 90s. Um, it used to have also the closing season. So to say, wow. it's not, this is not something new yeah. uh, for us. Um, so we used to have this, uh, you know, uh, practice. And uh, the law enforcement, uh, it is the authority that, uh, you know, control uh, this closing se season. But... Um, there are some um, communities where the closing se season uh, actually uh, they don't need anyone to to control them for them not to fish. Uh, this is something coming Why is that? from, from uh, this. This is something coming uh, from themselves. They organize themselves yeah. and they decide. Okay, uh, now. Um, we're gonna have uh, the closing season, uh, let's say for fish or for for for, for shrimp, uh, in uh, this time to that time. So this is something ah. really very very uh, interesting because this community they are already aware that uh, they need to have these uh, uh, seasons and uh, ah. yeah they shift to other activities. So can but, you can uh, you clarify here? So for these communities, does it mean that if they decided that in in from January to to February they are going to have closed season, that is fine. It means that when the country is having their closed season, say from July to August, they don't need to have theirs. Uh, they can have that. Okay. They can have that. Okay. But uh, what I wanted to say is that these communities they are already aware that they need, which is okay. very important for the sustainability. They yeah. knew that when they have this close season, it means that they would be uh, catching, uh, um, let's say, a good fish in a good quality and, uh, you know, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, the, 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 the idea. But uh, the closing season, um, normally uh, it is uh, divided uh, there are areas uh, we can have closing uh, seasons not in 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 all the country okay. you know and not in all the species so yeah uh, it works like that all right thank you and this is something that is observed by the artisanal fishers and the industry really exactly is it yeah exactly okay Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And now my last question. And and <laughs> um, yeah, my last question, and then you can maybe tell our listeners anything else I've missed out. So finally, 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 the, the challenges in Mozambique, especially if we look at what's happening around Cabo Delgado, do you think, mm -hmm. and the fact that you've also mentioned, you know, about how fisher folk might be tempted to engage in criminal activities when the support is not there and when they're desperate, so the question then is, do you think there's a risk if the government do not do the needful around, you know, sustaining or providing alternative livelihoods or sustainable livelihoods for people 
might there be a risk that if the insurgents are providing financial incentive, that fishers might be tempted to be joining this insurgency group? I mean, you don't have to, to answer, but I'm, I'm asking based on obviously your on-the-ground experience and whether you think there, is, there could be a connection between, you know, not having and then having someone that is potentially a criminal offering you something in exchange for something else. Yeah, well, uh, I think this can be kind of a general uh, question, not mm -hmm. really, you know, addressed to the fishermen. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's general. Uh, I think it's obvious that uh, if, uh, you know, people don't have, uh, you know, a knife, uh, livelihood, uh, and uh, if there is somebody providing this, uh, yeah, having you know uh, living in that conditions or in that situation they can easily you know uh, adhere to this uh, kind of uh, yeah um, uh, like you know they can join the the, the um, let's say these people who organize this kind of uh, uh, wars and then um, and I can link this, uh, for example, with uh, um, uh, these uh, projects that we have in the northern, northern part of this country that uh, a lot of fishermen were shifted from their co communities or from their areas where they used to have, uh, uh, like, you know, fishing as their uh, uh -huh. main uh, income or livelihood to uh, new areas where uh maybe there is no uh the same uh, conditions that they used to 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 have yeah and um it makes difficult you know for them to 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 survive and um yeah and uh, even for them to start a new kind of um alternative uh, uh, uh um income it can be uh difficult if there is no uh kind of a follow up uh, and uh, yeah, facilitation of uh, adaptation and uh, creation of those uh, conditions that need that people need to to uh, to live and to improve their uh, well-being. Um, yeah, so to say, uh, it's it is obvious that uh, that could be a potential, you know. Uh, um, uh, trend, you know, for people to join uh, the terrorists if they don't have, uh, um, they, 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 if they are not provided uh, with uh, source of uh, uh, incomes or yeah livelihood. That would be my <laughs> my answer. If it... oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. Obrigado, oh, obrigada. I had to Google uh, this to make sure that I got the right one. Yeah, thank you're you so much. <laughs> I wonder if you have any final words for our listeners. What do we expect moving forward from Mozambique, especially around monitoring, control, and surveillance? What is your final words? We have to be optimistic. Uh, I mean, positive things are on, on the line. What do you have to say? Oh, yeah, I, uh, I, I am hoping that uh, the process uh, where I'm involved uh, in, of the establishment of uh, this regional center, the SADC center, would be kind of uh, yeah a reality in the uh -huh. next uh, months or in the next years, 
and uh, that this center uh, contributes to fight legal fishing uh, in Mozambique uh, or in the region and in particular in Mozambique because we know it's a global uh, problem, it's a global challenge and um, countries need to uh, collaborate, uh, need to share resources, uh, need to share information. Uh, so they need to fight collectively uh, to fight uh, illegal fishing. On that note, thank you so much, Vincente. <laughs> I really appreciate you and, and I, I wish you a very great day ahead. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much. Uh, All right. <laughs>